Welcome to Loop Me In, the podcast community for parents and carers on raising children with disabilities. Join presenters Dr. Lisa Interligi and Christine Christopoulos and their guests on sharing experiences, information, and support ideas to help children with disabilities flourish. Loop Me In is brought to you weekly on platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, to name a few. You can learn more, connect with the Loop Me In community, and listen to more episodes on our website, loop-me-in.com.au. Welcome to Loop Me In. I'm Lisa, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Today, we're so pleased to bring you Dean Cohen, CEO of Flying Fox. Flying Fox is an organisation that promotes connection for people with a disability through fun. Chris's son, Matthew, and my son, Louis, have both been on Flying Fox camps and had heaps of fun. But more importantly, they've had the chance to make friends around the same age and develop independent skills. At 29 years of age, Dean is making a big impact on the lives of young people with disabilities and their families. And he has a medal of the Order of Australia in recognition of his work. We hope you enjoy our chat with Dean. Okay, so thanks, Dean, for joining us. And um, we might just start off uh, with you telling us a bit about yourself. Uh, Yeah, I can go as far back as you want. Um, Mm -hmm. I am right now at the ripe old age of of 29, um, CEO of Flying Fox. So we run camps for young people with a disability um, and fell into that after after I finished high school, fell into into working in the world of disability, um, but did that alongside doing a commerce degree and was never going to go into, into the corporate world. Once I, I realised that uh, there's a need in, in the world of disability for passionate young people to do cool things and provide uh, social experiences, that was a massive gap at the time. So that was what now? 10, 11, 12 years ago, uh, and and through working with uh, a few young adults with with a disability, I yeah realised that that the social experiences were really the thing that that was missing. There's a lot of incredible speeches and OTs and people doing the hard yards in the world of disability, and there weren't that many people doing just the hardcore fun stuff. So mm-hmm. I fell into that, and um, and since then have been running Flying Fox um, very happily. I'm nodding my head, Dean, because it's when we fell across you um, with Matthew, it was just a great experience for him because there was never anything funny did. All he kind of did was go to an OT or a speech and it was amazing. Can you tell us the story how you got involved in the disability sector? Because it's quite mm-hmm. a nice one. Yeah. So when I finished school, I got a call from a parent of a young guy with autism who just heard that I played soccer. Um and she just wanted someone to have a kick in the park with her son. He just, she just wanted him to have a friend. And I went along on a Friday afternoon, hung out once and then hung out again and again and again and ended up um, spending a lot of time with him and also working with him as a, as a support worker for about two and a half years. And really that was just out of nowhere. I had no personal connection to disability. I, I don't have any relatives that... Um, that have a disability that that would sort of qualify them for, for flying fox, if you can put it that way. Um, and through that experience, um, this young guy's mum was an incredible teacher, supported me to learn all the skills that I needed to, not just to support him, but I think to be a disability advocate, to 
promote inclusion across all areas of my life um, and also gave me a lot of the th- theoretical knowledge too. I learned a lot about the the, the nitty gritty of, of what autism was and uh, and then what was going on in the world of disability. And I just was in the right place at the right time and ended up uh, in an environment where I was mentored and empowered and also at the same time was able to support someone to contribute and participate in in society the way they wanted to so it was a win for everyone what made you join the um the young man in the park um I think a little bit of why not like I like soccer he wanted to have a kick in the park there was a common interest there um I wasn't put in a situation where I had to do anything that I didn't want to do I was happy to go have a kick in the park it almost didn't matter who it was with and disability or no disability I probably would have said yes um and I think that's maybe a theme that that we've kept going for a long time that this is all about common interests and uh mutual passion for just having fun and spending time with friends and yeah at the time I I think I was really happy just to just to do it and and go along for for a couple of hours and enjoy some time in the sun what made you choose to do camps Dean what where did that come from yeah, so I, I supported um, this young guy to go on a trip with 10 other people to Israel, actually. And, wow. um, yeah, we took we took this group for three weeks to Israel in 2011. And that was an experience that, you know, every, every young Jewish person has a coming-of-age experience where they get to go to Israel after school and these guys have missed out. Um, so in supporting him experience, that was when I really realised that um, that the fun stuff, the social stuff, these these life-changing immersive experiences that we all have at the age of 18, 19, 20 when we travel to Europe for the first time or wherever we go, uh, I realised that was a gap. Uh, and then I moved to Sydney for a year for the now wife and, um, and we volunteered on a camp in Sydney that we really liked that uh, the model didn't really exist in Melbourne and, and came back a year later and, and started our first camp. So before that, I was part of a Jewish youth group. I learned the power of of these camps. I learned the power of, of going away for four days, being away from home, challenging yourself to get involved in activities that you never would in, in your normal life, being up at the talent show and and being forced to be out of your comfort zone and have, have fun doing all these crazy things that you do on camp. Um, but also there's nowhere to go. You're on camp, so you have to get to know the people around you. You have to challenge yourself to sit next to a different person at lunchtime uh, than you did the day before. You can't just stick to your friends. And and I really, really just love the model. I think that that it works really well. Uh, and then we were able to turn that into a safe experience for young people with a disability by having the right amount of volunteers, the right, tra- the right training for those volunteers, the right amount of professional staff. We were able to really cater... Um, or adapt that camp model to a model that would suit absolutely anyone, regardless of interest, personality, but also diagnosis and support needs. Yeah, I remember when Louis first attended his first camp that I didn't sleep, I think, for the whole time because, you know, I was so nervous about him being away from his little bubble. Um, You know, how's your experience with other parents? Is that a similar experience that you've had to deal with in their first camp? That is definitely a common experience. We have lots of parents that if we're going to the Mornington Peninsula for camp, they may or may not be at an Airbnb around the corner. Um, and we're okay with that. That's if that's what parents need to do to, to allay their own anxieties and 
um, then, then great. Uh, I think I probably typically had two different experiences with parents. There's the parents who, when we ran our first camp, said, um, for lack of a better word, we, we're desperate. We need this experience mm. for ourselves, but we also need our kid to have uh, this experience where they can go and make friends because um, because they're lonely. That's that's a, a common thing that, that we're told. Mm. Um, and those parents just said, yeah, take take our kid, keep them safe, but but just take them. And then the other side of it is the parents who who turn around and say, you know what, we we need a bit of convincing here, and uh, and we're happy to to have those conversations because both sides, both of those two experiences, come from a place of love. Both mm-hmm. the parents that um, that that anxiety dictates their their actions, and and the parents who are um, maybe more willing to to just say yes, but also out of a place of we really need this. Um, in both cases, it's from a place of love and we will work with parents uh, regardless of how they feel to make sure that that they know that we're going to look after their kids and keep them safe, happy and healthy the whole way through. Um, the more fun we can provide, the more our campers want to keep coming back and more parent, and parents are more comfortable that their kids uh, are in good hands. But if we don't create a bubble of safety first, then no one's going to be able to let their hair down. No one can have fun being away from home unless they are made to feel safe first. So when we talk that through with parents, um, the the message comes across that we are the right people. And uh, one of the pushbacks that we do get though is that we're young. (laughs) Like I'm the oldest person in the organization and I'm 29. And uh, how do we know that that we're the right people? How do we know that we can support people often with with quite complex support needs? Uh, and my answer is that we're the ones that not not we just flying fox, we young people are willing to go above and beyond to meet families as many times as we need to. We will um, we'll have zooms and 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 go over to people's houses to get to know the families and and the individual themselves. We'll do the extra training we'll do with with supported people to do like peg feeding training and epilepsy management and all these different bits and pieces that if that's what's required to make sure that we can keep someone safe and and to make sure that parents are comfortable sending their kids away with us, then, um, then we'll do it. And the, the energy of, of the young people that we have within our network is the defining feature of, of the organization, but it's also something that is going to shape inclusion long-term in, in society. We're, we've got so many incredible people that are passionate about this space now and um, and parents uh, can be really optimistic about what society is going to look like in the next five, 10 years because of, of what, we're, what we're seeing with these passionate young people coming through. Mm. Dean, give us a rundown of what a camper can expect when he comes on one of your camps. Uh, just the fun stuff. There's, um, yeah, that's really the goal. The goal is fun and and making friends. So uh, we take people away for four days to different campsites around the place. And uh, we just do anything fun you can think of. Ropes course, flying fox. Um, of course, we have to do the flying fox. Um, talent shows. Um, what else do we do? We um, we go swimming. We, yeah, just all, all the fun things that we can come up with. Um, and that's typically an experience for four days with 25 young people with a disability supported by 50 uh, volunteers. So we pair two volunteers up with every participant. So we, the volunteers are called buddies uh, and then staff on top of that, nurses, a psychologist and, and our team as well. 
And then we also run weekend getaways for six or seven participants supported by seven or eight staff and volunteers. And they go to our very own holiday house uh, up north, uh, an hour out of Melbourne. And we um, yeah, host a, a really chilled, intimate, relaxing weekend away where we actually do my favourite thing that we do across the whole organisation, which is we can go on all the flying foxes in the world. But actually, if we can just go for coffee with friends, on a weekend mm. away, that is life-changing because mm. we work with people who so often miss out on those experiences uh, and, and that's what defines our, our weekend getaways that you're just hanging out and you're doing exactly what, what anyone does when they go away with mates. So um, those are really the, the, two, the two programs, the big camps and then the weekend getaways. And uh, I think for Matthew, um, when he gets home, that's when we know he's had a good time because he'll sit at the dinner table that night telling his sisters. And I think the biggest thing is what you said before. It isn't just all the activities you do. It's even just sitting and having the barbecue. I know you do a barbecue and watch the footy. Yeah. If you're going at that time of year and he, that's one of his favorite things to do with the guys. Yeah, absolutely. And more and more um, our participants are, are choosing the activities themselves. That's obviously something that needs to be a core part of the organization. And we are working on facilitating um, that that choice more and more within the organisation. So then if Matthew wants to come along and, and watch the footy and, and he wants to watch five games of footy and that's what he wants to do for his weekend, great. We'll find other people that want to do the same thing and, and we can make that happen. So overall, it's just fun with friends. And and sometimes when I say it like that, it, it might undermine the impact of the organisation, but fun is a human right like people just having fun and making friends is such a core part of our human existence. And, uh, and like I said, at the very beginning, there's so many incredible people who make sure that, um, young people with a disability can develop the the skills they need to, to navigate the world. Uh, and we're filling in a gap in, in making sure that people, um, can, can have fun and make friends through that experience too, of, of just growing up. Yeah. And I think expressing your, um, what you want to do, for people that are often told what to do yeah. is part of that um, developing independent skills. And um, so what other skills, independent skills, do you think that um, your camp has developed through the process? Yeah, it's it's a good question because um, just by being away from home for four days, you develop a lot. Uh, so just the the level of maturity that people can come out of, of our programs with is is always really interesting to see how people grow um definitely independence uh some funny things you know like on the on day one a lot of parents might think that their kids need help brushing their teeth but by day four they <laughs> can brush their teeth so mm-hmm. so funny little things that um people don't normally get to challenge themselves with because when do they go away on their own just with friends for four days uh there's a lot of growth in in ability to navigate new social environments so you might walk into the dining room on camp and it's overwhelming with a hundred people. And on day one, you might actually turn around and say, you know what, let's eat outside today. But by day four, you might uh, be able to choose. Yeah, I want to go sit next to that person. I like that person and I want to engage with them. So that's, that's a big one. Uh, the best feedback that I've ever received about Flying Fox is when uh, one of our participants finished, well, turned 18 and he finished school uh, and he, transitioned into a into a, a day service and his mum called us and said because he had come on four or five flying fox camps 
he had learned to navigate new environments and was able to transition out of school into a new environment much more seamlessly than he otherwise would have been able to. Uh, and that's pretty powerful, I think. I think that's a, a really nice thing to hear. It's a really um, cool bit of feedback. And this is for a camper who um, d- didn't actually get involved very much in activities. He, he didn't really participate in too much. He uh, didn't connect with, with a lot of the other campers in the way that maybe we, we think is success. Um, but he had his own experience and he came along for four days at a time and, uh, and just learned how to be away from home and, and learned how to be around other people. And, um, and he probably did connect just in his own way. And and we probably just didn't notice it at the time, but all those things allowed him to transition out of school a, a little bit easier than he otherwise would have been able to. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that, um, I know Christina and I, and, um, and other parents have discussed, you know, what happens um, when we get old and, you know, we can't look after um, our kids anymore. You know, the real need to develop independent skills prior to that is so important yeah. so that um, that they are prepared to, to live a life um, that's, more, that's more on their own or yeah. with other people. Um, what, you know, not everybody can have the great experience of a flying fox camp. So... Um, what other what tips do you have for parents to help their um, their children develop these skills? Yeah, I I'm not a parent myself, and I definitely um, would always just temper any any bit of advice that I would give anyone with with the knowledge that I I don't have though that lived experience. But uh, one thing that I've seen work really well uh, is parents who are able to develop trust in other people in their kids' lives, uh, open a whole new world for their kids. And that includes having support workers or younger younger people who are working as support workers come, come into their lives and uh, and trusting them with, with their kids and trusting them to try new things and to have different experiences. We have uh, quite a few participants who will do things like go on holidays with some of our buddies as, as support workers, they'll go away for a couple of days and that's facilitated by the families, obviously, but that can only happen if the parents trust, uh, trust these young support workers. And um, yeah, I think also having a, the hardest thing that I, one of the hardest things that I see parents navigating through is having a home effectively with an open door policy with so many people coming and going uh, mm. as support workers and as therapists. And I think um, in in doing that, if if the support workers and, and the other people in their lives are made to feel included in family life, I think people stick around. I think people really, a lot of people around us develop a real love, not just for the individual they're working with, but for the families they're, they're spending time with. And I think that means that those individual participants are going to have uh, those support workers in their lives forever into the future, whether they're in a paid support work role or not. Um, and I mean, you know, Christine with, with Matthew, he's got Benj and Layla and mm. all these amazing people that. In his life right now. Yeah. Which and we've never, going and, and I'm nodding my head because we only introduced Matthew to younger carers or well, even carers in general, when we came on some flying Fox camps. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not going anywhere now. Layla and, and Benj and all these other people are going to do whatever they can to stay involved in Matthew's life. Mm. Um, and, and they'll come in and out like everyone else that, that any of us have in our lives. But 
Um, but I think that open and inviting atmosphere that that you've created has obviously flowed on to uh, to the love that, that these people have for, for Matthew and and the enjoyment that they get from having him in their lives. So that's probably a message that that I could give. But again, I I would never presume to give too much uh, advice to people who who navigate through some really challenging situations that I don't uh, navigate through in my life. Yeah. And has there been any challenging part of your job at the moment, Dean, working on the Flying Fox? What's been the biggest challenge? Is it um, parents? Yeah. No, pa- parents, are, <laughs> pa- parents are the biggest task in that we've had to work really hard over the years to gain the trust of the, of the parents, but parents are our biggest partner. But if we can work together with the parents, then we can provide successful experience for all of our participants. Um, I, I think that the challenge is maybe navigating through the NDIS and making sure that we can grow quick enough to provide opportunities for people who um, who need them, want them, and now actually have funding for them. And just because the money's there doesn't mean that that we can grow quick enough because there's now a lot of red tape and bureaucracy and and all that stuff's there to keep people safe but we do have to navigate through it um and yeah just then then there's also um making sure that everything we do as we grow is as high quality is as world class as everything that we've run up until this point and we are just growing very cautiously to make sure that every single person who gets involved always has the best time and is as safe as as if they were sitting in their own bedroom at home. We just need to keep people. Um, it, yeah, people have to be safe, happy, healthy, welcomed, feel that the sense of warmth that we create on camp. And if we can't do that at twice the size, then we shouldn't be twice the size. Mm. What's yeah. a funny story you can share with us? Uh, funny story about, oh, um, there are so many funny stories. Yeah. One happened to me last week and this is just, I, we, we have younger participants who, who get involved. Um, and I don't know if I should share, I can share this. This is, I'm not going to share any names, obviously. Um, we have younger participants who get involved. So we start as young as eight year olds, um, who often always, are spending their first night away from home with us. And that's something that, that I'm really proud of is that we support people to, to have experiences that um, maybe they wouldn't be able to till they were much older. Um, but sometimes people are need, need a lot of guidance and support when it comes to things like toileting. Uh, so we, uh, we had a, t- a group photo. There's 100 people going in this group photo and one of our buddies... Um, one of the volunteers, one of our buddies, he wanted to go in the group photo and, and he was supporting a, an eight-year-old camper. And I said, you go in the photo, I'll hang out with this camper. And this is literally a week ago. Um, and the camper decides he's not interested in me. He's going to walk yeah. into the dining room. He's going to pull his pants down oh, no. and put me in a position where I am cleaning up the floor. Oh. <laughs> and, and it was hilarious because I didn't know this kid. I, I knew him enough because we'd been on camp for a few days, but uh, it's like it, there's a hundred people, including all the nurses and everyone having a group photo. And I'm there hanging out <laughs> with him and he, uh, and, and he, he was doing it to be cheeky. He was not doing it because he, he couldn't hold it in. He mm. was doing it to be cheeky. And that's, that's a day in the life for us sometimes. Yeah. He was establishing the power bikes there. <laughs> he hundred percent won. <laughs> He won, definitely. 
we're not that keen on on world domination. We like what we do. We like we like our our campers and we love our campers and our buddies and we want to keep supporting them. So um, we're we're open to ideas, but really we're just going to keep doing what we do. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to it. So is Matthew, I think. <laughs> good. good. Yeah, well, thanks for your time, Dean. We really appreciate you taking the the time out and um, sharing with us your entrepreneurial spirit and also your inclusive passion and um, and the the love and the care that you show um, young people with disabilities, including our sons. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, guys. Wow, what an inspiration Dean was today. We hope you enjoyed that podcast. And the message that came out of this podcast today, I think, was the importance of our kids having fun, making friends, and being around people within a similar age. Connecting with people and having fun is really what anyone wants at any age. I also love this tip about putting trust in younger carers and opening our doors to these people. I think it's really important. What I also found inspirational that Flying Fox is not only doing camps and creating a community of young people who care and connect with people with additional needs, is that Dean is also developing an ecosystem of businesses that provides services to people with a disability, something that I think will grow and grow throughout the years to come. We hope you enjoyed today's chat and we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for being part of the Loop Me In community today and joining our conversation on raising children with disabilities. Join us for the next episode on some of your favorite platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you would like to support us, please recommend the Loop Me In podcast to your network of parents, carers, and providers. If you would like us to cover a topic or invite a guest to chat, please email us at contact at loop-me-in.com.au or go to our website at loop-me-in.com.au. If you've got any feedback, please let us know so we can improve and cover issues you want. And of course, if anything in the podcast today has raised concerns for you, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 22 4636 or Lifeline on 13 111 4.